warming the bed. The most obvious example are the warming pans held by the museum. In papers, they were described as a useful and comforting article of domestic furniture. And to get an idea why they were necessary, you have to think back to a time when there was no electricity, no rubber, no central heating or air conditioning. There was probably no heating in the bedrooms. Houses were damp and drafty. Sydney has mild winters, but some of you may know or remember that an unrenovated terrace house in winter can be a pretty miserable place. In the past, however, people had servants. There is a somewhat crude expression that the Scotch warming pan was the maid who got into the bed to warm it up. Unbelievably, Holiday Inn in 2010 had staff dress up in clean fleece outfits to get into a hotel bed to make it feel less pristine and warmer. Inspired by this story, or possibly a Russian short story, an enterprising Russian woman charged £65 a night in 2017 for her bedwarming services. An amazing contraption that I encountered as a child in Italy in the 1950s, staying in an old house in the mountains, is called a scaldoletto preti. It's an elliptical shaped frame which had pointed ends and curved sides, and it was put into the bed holding the top sheet and the blankets up. The landlady then put hot coals from the fire into a brazier which was in the middle of the framework and my bed was warmed for me. In Italy, the framework is called the priest and the warming bowl which holds the coal is known as the nun and they call the stone hot water bottle the monk. Apparently nowadays in Italy, the framework from the Scaldoletto Preti is repurposed to make quite funky furniture. The English version was known as a bedwagon. It was similar, a framework of bent hoops with a trivet of hot embers in the middle on a sheet iron tray. When I looked on the internet, I found a more modern version used in India. A framework was put in the bed and an electric light was put on in the middle of the framework. This presumably would only work with the heat produced by an incandescent globe. The museum does not have a priest or a nun or a bedwagon, but it does have some copper warming pans which have the same purpose, to warm the bed. A copper warming pan is like a large frying pan with a hinge lid and a long handle. One of the warming pans held by the museum is over a metre long at three foot six inches. You may have seen them in traditional English houses or pubs or on the set of Midsummer Murders. Apparently a warming pan is used as a weapon in Pirates of the Caribbean. They were originally made to be quite deep and in cast iron but over the years, copper became the most common material to be used. The plan, like the contraption I described earlier, was to heat up the bed by putting hot coals into the pan. The servant would take the pan into the bedroom and move the warming pan up and down in the bed to warm it. And that's the reason for the long handle. While the coals were very hot, 
the pan had to be moved so the sheets did not get scorched. When they were made of cast iron, they must have been very heavy. The warming pans held by the museum show the changes in the heat source used. The oldest one, which is 18th century, probably used coals. The one dating from the 1900s used sand. In this case, the warming pan was placed in front of the fire and then filled with hot sand. This was supposed to be more efficient and also less dangerous than using coals. Warming pans became what we might call decorator items. They were handed down as treasured pieces of furniture. It is reported that Queen Elizabeth I had a gold warming pan covered with small diamonds and rubies. Some are made of silver, and even the more down-to-earth copper ones are often beautifully engraved. An early style was to have piercing or holes in the lid so the air could get to the coals and keep them burning. The piercing was incorporated into patterns or family shields. So they have a design appeal, which electric blankets and hot water bottles do not.